Well, sometimes it's hard to make financial sacrifices when the reward might not be seen until several years in the future. So today, we're going to talk about some of the situations where you might be inclined to take that immediate benefit, but you should rather really consider the delayed rewards. That's coming up next. When it comes to your finances, you don't want to be at a disadvantage. Tim Dyer can help. He's a wealth manager specializing in retirement planning and investment management, and he could be that financial coach that helps you achieve your goals in retirement. This is Retirement Power Play. Glad to have you inside the Retirement Power Play podcast. I've been George with Tim Dyer. Tim, I think when I hear delayed gratification and we tie it into uh, hockey, I always think of those delayed penalties, right? You you have uh, you have the attack trying to score before that whistle blows, but you know you hope to maybe get a little extra as you wait and play out that delayed penalty. Yeah, well, somebody got their money's worth and did get the penalty, so that that's already <laughs> happened. So the, I don't know, delaying the gratification, uh, delaying the penalty maybe, but I, I see where you're going there. Yes, hockey's a big part of the uh, my ethos, if you will, and yeah. if we can weave some of that stuff from the podcast, we can have some fun with it. But um, yeah, I mean, look, uh, delayed gratification, it's, it's not a new concept or topic. Um, there are times when... It makes a lot of sense, and you have to kind of just close your eyes and accept that something in the future, you know, uh, one plus one is four kind of thing, as opposed to right. maybe now. Um, and I'd love to say I'm perfect, but look, when that last slice of pizza is there, I'm, I'm grabbing it <laughs> on the table. So um, I'll push my two boys out of the way to get it if I have to. But, um, um, but you know, I, I'm going to counter this with a little bit, Ben, is... Okay. Let's not forget our our favorite '80s movie, uh, Ferris Bueller. He says, yeah. "Life moves pretty quick. If you don't stop and look around, you could miss it." And so, while the I, I think the the foundational concept of delayed gratification, and we'll talk about some things um, around that. I think that's a valid point. But sometimes we have to dig a little deeper and say, "Look, are people delaying gratification too far?" Uh, I've seen a lot of people uh, die with a lot of money and not do a lot of the things that they wanted to do because they didn't have a plan um, and they couldn't spend guilt-free because they just didn't know, you know, uh, they didn't have a good plan that mapped it out. Anyways, I, yeah, joining on a little bit there, but it, both of those sides of that coin are important. Um, maybe Ferris Bueller was right. Yeah. And I guess it also depends on kind of what a phase of life you're into, right? Where... If you're early on, you're working, you know, delaying a lot of things is often the the better path forward versus if you're in retirement and you're in the distribution phase, you know, you don't want to hang on to too much, right? You want to be able to enjoy what you work so hard for. But today I want to really kind of hone in on some situations where that's not always the case where it's better to wait, but most of the time and a lot of the time here, it is better if you defer and and wait till later on to, to enjoy the benefits. So we got a number of scenarios, situations, probably some that you'll either have encountered or will encounter in the future. So something to be aware of as we go through this. But as always, you can always get in, in touch with Tim over at Dire Wealth Management. We'd love to hear from you. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do that. But if you prefer just to reach out directly to him, you can always do so at 858-459-3937. All right, let's jump into this, Tim. I, I want to start off with the 401k match. And we're just coming out of the holidays. And I know a lot of people have maybe tightened their budget a little bit or decided, hey, let me just pull out some of that money that I normally contribute to my 401k, stop that contribution this month. Instead, I'm going to go use it for gifts or to give it to charity or whatever it is, pay bills, whatever it is during the holidays. But just skipping one month and passing up that 401k match, that, that free money there can 
really, really be a huge uh, hit later on in life, right? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll just kind of say around the 401k match, this we're talking about a 100% return on your money, okay? So if, if your company matches you know, 5% of your contributions, that 5% that you put in, they're matching it dollar for dollar. And just to use a you know, number, if, it, if that's $1,000, they're putting in $1,000. That's 100% return on your money. You've got to take that. Um, so now, the, the end of the year, a lot of things come up, holidays, charity, some, some deadlines, maybe tax bills. Uh, for a lot of people that are contributing to the 401k, I think a lot of those contributions have been made. For some people, they make it monthly. Uh, f- uh, others, you know, a lot of times people designate the percentage of their paycheck that they want to withhold for this. And depending on their income, they might actually fill up that 401k uh, maximum contribution, which in 2023 is 22500 a little bit more if, uh, if you're over 50. But, um, you know, the point I'm making is that a lot of that match has already happened. So let's shift here as we round out this year and think about 2024. Okay. When you, maybe it's time to look at your 401k, look at the positions that you have. Is that how you want to be, you know, allocated as we say going into the new year? That's one conversation, but let's take a look at those contributions. Are you putting in enough to at least get that match? And when the the clock strikes, midnight here Um, let's make sure that those first paychecks that start coming in in 2024 are getting that match Um, and if you need some help calculating some of those things that's something that we can help you with here at the office Uh, and your HR department might be able to point in the right direction they usually don't give advice but they might have some tools um, within your company plan that you can use but yeah don't delay get the match and contribute a little bit more than you think because if you contribute to your 401k plan, it's not a dollar dollar reduction in your paycheck, right? Because some of that money was otherwise going to taxes. It's now going into your retirement account. So um, if, if you put another $10,000 in the account, it's not like it's going to be $10,000 of money you would have been able to spend because some of that money was headed off to the IRS anyways. Right. Well, not only you know how much are you contributing, but where are you contributing it to is kind of our next thing here. And a lot of people choose the tax-deferred accounts, mainly because that's the most common way people save right in retirement. But you know, I think the benefit, the immediate benefit they get is you get the tax, you get the lower tax bill for the next year, right? But down the road, when those the IRS comes calling for the money on those gains you made over time, you know, you might have been better off waiting at or at least going ahead and paying the taxes and then enjoying that benefit down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Ben, this is one of the, the, the you know, biggest topics that we cover in some of our live events, right? Okay. And that is this generation, we've done what we're told, right? Uh, baby boomers, you know, I'm kind of Gen Y, but you know, uh, we've done what we're told. We've put money into these 401k plans, uh, 403b, government uh, 457s, whatever it is. And so our tax deferred bucket is pretty big and sometimes compared to the other buckets like our taxable bucket and that would be synonymous with your brokerage accounts or you know your bank accounts or checking accounts um, versus a, a Roth bucket which is a tax-free bucket right so let me give you a visual here if you were to kind of if we had three separate buckets bucket number one is your taxable investments and that means tax now 
Bucket number two is your tax-deferred investments. Those are your IRAs and your 401ks. And bucket number three, and those are tax-deferred, which means tax later. Bucket number three is the, uh, is the tax-free account, which is the tax never. I say, well, geez, that sounds great. Let's just put it all in there. <laughs> well, there's rules on how you get money into that tax-free bucket. And to simplify that, that basically means that you've got to pay the toll to get on that tax-free highway. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we cannot just put everything that we want into those accounts. There's annual contribution limits. Um, then there's strategies that you can use, like uh, IRA conversions. Um, now, when you do that, again, you're crossing that line and um, creating a tax liability. So you want to be strategic about how you do that. It's kind of like... Um, uh, what do they call Goldilocks, right? Not too hot, not too cold. And, and there's calculations that we do on kind of how much you convert so that you don't go up in your tax bracket, right? Mm -hmm. and, you're, and you're not paying more and more money at higher tax rates. So I was painting that picture because when we look at those buckets, a lot of times when clients come to us, that middle bucket is their largest asset, right? They, and it's, it, it might be 60 70%, or maybe 80% in that tax-deferred bucket, and very little in the tax-free bucket, and some money in the, uh, the taxable bucket. Um, so in some cases, it's not necessarily a bad thing to build up those, that, that bro those brokerage accounts, right? That taxable bucket. Now, I want to be clear. This is important. Just because it's in a taxable bucket doesn't mean that it, it's, it's you know, taxed just because it's sitting there. If you had $100,000 in cash, you're not paying tax on that $100,000. You're paying tax on the income that that $100,000 generates. Or if that was invested in stocks and they went up to $150,000, uh, if you didn't sell it, you wouldn't owe any taxes. But when you do, it is creating a taxable event, unlike those other two buckets tax-deferred bucket, and the tax-free bucket, when you had transactions, um, they wouldn't trigger taxable events necessarily. Right. Okay. So a couple of big ones there to start off with. Here's another time where patients pays. The emergency fund you've set aside. Hopefully you got an emergency fund that's, that's set aside mm -hmm. for, for things that come up that, you know, a tire, if you need to get a tire replaced out of, uh, out of nowhere, <laughs> that's, that can happen. But it's so easy to tap into that money, Tim, because it's sitting there. It's, you get liquidity there. It's available to you anytime. But you just got to have patience. and You got to be uh, very disciplined not to, not to tap into that. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to veer off here for a second. You must be stalking my social media or something <laughs> because I did actually just get a flat tire. Uh, and it's funny because the guy comes by in this really big flatbed bed truck, and I'm here in La Jolla, and it's kind of like a you know little strand of, of cars. It's kind of a retail shopping area, if you will. Look, the point is, is that this truck took up a big part of the street, <laughs> and I thought it was great. I got on my phone, I'm I'm you know videotaping the truck to show my little boys, uh, my young boys. Um, they love that stuff, right? Look at this big truck and the lights on and everything. So. And, and I'm looking at everybody just scratching their head like, what am I going to do? I'm just, just go around the truck. You know, maybe you got to go up on the curb a little bit. And I'm looking at, and I'm not, okay, I'm not throwing stones here, but I'm looking at the, uh, and I'll stereotype a little bit, the amount of, you know, uh, let's call them millennials driving around very expensive Range Rovers and cars. <laughs> no idea that these things actually go off road. I thought there was a bit of an irony to that. So uh, anyways. Um, we were talking about the emergency fund. Things come up. We all know that. Now, 
we've seen rules of thumb. It might make sense to keep three, six, 12 months of expenses in liquid because things do come up. One thing people don't consider is you can set up a home equity line of credit potentially if you own a home and you've got some equity in it. And you can have that as an emergency fund. Is it option number one? Well, maybe not, but because sometimes people can't delay gratification and all of a sudden they start tapping into that for other purposes. But it can be used for that. Um, but when, you know, when it comes to really thinking about having funds that are put aside, it's, it's more than just the monetary or the math of it, if you will, right? You got to have money to pay some bills. There's a really big psychological, just knowing that like, okay, if something happens, I, I've got some money over here that we can just, I don't have to worry about it. We can take care of it and then kind of make some decisions for there. Far too often, I just see people uh, discounting the peace of mind that just having money that isn't subject to the ups and downs of the stock market or isn't subject to interest rate movements in the bond market or, you know, it isn't locked up like CDs or annuities or something like that. It's just sitting in cash, which as of now, can be we're seeing stuff earning over 5% in money market funds. So it's not even the worst place in the world. So, yes, don't tap into that. Keep that emergency fund um you know, intact and don't use it for silly spending. Along those same lines too, your retirement plan, the money you have in there, whatever account you're using, your 401k, IRA, whatever it is, it can be tempting also to pull money out of that as well to pay for bigger expenses. You know, if you have a, a car you want to buy, a home remodel, there's a lot of big expenses you can have. But again, this can end up costing you a lot between taxes and possibly penalties. You're going to overpay for whatever that was by pulling money out of here most of the time, right? Yeah, uh, people are often shocked uh, when they do that. For, well, first of all, I'll just say, I think all too often people look at the balances in their retirement plans. Again, we're talking about 401ks and, or even IRAs. And they say, okay, there's this much money in there. That's my money. Well, let's not forget you've got a silent partner. Um, you know, his initials are I, R, and S. And so the, if, if you take money out, the IRS is going to get their cut. And they're also, if you're... Um, underneath uh, or younger underneath if you're younger than 59 and a half they're going to charge you an additional 10 percent penalty and what happens is people don't factor in this the tax and the penalty um and then they have to take out more money to cover that and it creates this really nasty you know cycle of depleting the account far greater than what they had anticipated but be very careful about that now, i'm going to give you a, a, a five-star tip here but i want you to be very careful with this you can, you can withdraw money from an IRA. Um, in, for, in some cases, a 401k, you can take a loan from it. You want to check with your, your company or provider. But if you have a rollover IRA, you can actually uh, take money from that uh, plan. You have 60 days calendar, not business days, 60 calendar days to get that money back in there. Okay, And you can do that once every 365 days. Okay, It's not once every calendar year so you can't do it in december and then do it again in february okay if you did it in december you'd have to wait until you know probably january the following year to, okay. to make sure you're clear but it's something that i kind of throw out there sometimes there's some real wonky situations that come up and you just need a bridge loan for a week or two you know that's an option uh, but be very careful with that because if you don't get that money back in it all becomes taxable income um and with penalty it's it's very very detrimental if you don't get it back. Um, and I've seen a lot of well-intentioned people that had planned to get it back, and then another thing came up, and then it really created some gnarly situations. But anyways, 
uh, last resort is, is cashing out those retirement pants. Leave them, forget them, and, uh, and let them grow as they're intended to do. Yeah, that deadline can happen quick with that, that money too, right? Trying to pay that off at those 30 days or whatever it is. Happens fast, <laughs> especially when you're, when you're trying to come up with the money. So, yeah, again, 60, yep, 60, 60 days, yep. yep, sorry. So, yeah, be, be careful with pulling money out of there, just like your emergency fund as well. All right, as we're going through this, if you have questions in any of the situations you run into or hey, you need a little help being patient, need some guidance with that, you can always give Tim a call, 858-459-3937. What about home maintenance upgrades these are things mm. that oftentimes you know the regular maintenance might seem like an, ex- an unnecessary expense then you know upgrades to your home that hey my yeah i could probably get a new water heater but maybe i can stretch another year or two same with like hvac or something like that but these upgrades by putting them off right you're saving money immediately but mm-hmm. it could end up being a larger expense in the future yeah okay so uh when you're thinking about home there's things that need to be fixed, right, that are broken. Then there's sort of upgrades, right, remodeling the bathroom, the kitchen. Um, so some of that stuff, there's going to be necessary regular maintenance, as you said. Um, I think the thing to, to think about when you're considering something that is discretionary, right, remodeling the kitchen, um, I've always found that it's a good exercise to, well, first of all, give it some thought. This isn't an impulse buy, right? Um, when it comes to those, I always say, like, if I'm at, I'm off topic here a little bit, but if you're at the store and you say, oh, I really want to buy this, you know, new TV or something, I always give myself that 24-hour rule, which is basically like leave the store if if I can't stop thinking about it for the next few days and maybe you know, revisit it. But a lot of times you just forget about it and you're on to the next thing. Yeah, that saves me thousands of dollars <laughs> a year. Trust me. Um, but getting back to the 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 home restoration or maintenance, uh, you really. They, they say, what is it, uh, measure twice, cut once. Um, mm-hmm. there, there are just, the expenses are always greater than what you think they're going to be. And sometimes it's 120% more, 150%. Uh, maybe you can get it spot on. But the point I'm trying to make is that when it comes to those decisions, you know, make sure that you have a chunk of that money saved up for that expense, right? Don't finance the whole thing. It's not a good practice because then let's say it's a cosmetic and you, you take out 50 grand on a credit card or something or a loan to redo the kitchen. Uh, okay, well, you've done that. Now, all of a sudden, the roof breaks and now you have to fix something, right? Now you're another 25 or 50,000 in. So mm-hmm. have some money put aside from that. I know it seems, um, you know, maybe intuitive or not, but. Just make sure that some of the money is actually in cash as opposed to financing the whole thing. I know I've seen some people get into trouble with that historically. You know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta throw another one out here, Ben. It's a bit self-serving, but um, you know, when we're talking about delayed gratification, we think about the advice that you're getting, okay, and potentially working with the the wrong advisor. I see this a lot too. Yeah. Um, maybe you've been working with an advisor, they're a good friend or college roommate or something like that. That's that's fine. Um, there's trust there. But make sure that you're getting from that source what you bargained for or you know what you paid for and, and understand what those things are um, and get clear about kind of the roles of each person. We have agreements uh, when we onboard clients and say, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. This is the cost. This is you know everybody's role in this. So there aren't a lot of um, uh, you know surprises that come up, um, and I'll tell you about a couple of those. Like 
the first one I think of is is taxes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, taxes are a major, you know, it's it's probably the largest impact on your financial status throughout the years, right? There's probably a more eloquent eloquent way to say that, but uh, people really underestimate the impact of taxes, and nobody likes paying taxes. But people also don't realize that taxes are near historic lows. I mean, people are making a lot of money now and they're doing well. And so on an absolute dollar amount, the, the tax bills people are writing, they're big, right? <laughs> um, percentage wise, you know, maybe it's on the lower end of what they've been historically. But make no mistake about it, there are definitely um, risks to significantly higher taxes in the future. I'm, I'm not making a prediction. In fact, we'll, we got another episode coming up on our 2024 predictions. Uh, but again, if you're working with an advisor and you're uh, working with them on just investment specific, that's fine. If you think you're supposed to be getting uh, you know, tax planning or some tax guidance around that, um, that may not be the scope of that particular advisor. Right. Same thing goes for CPAs. Your tax uh, provider or tax preparer is doing your tax return, which is basically keeping score for the current year. Um, but a lot of times they're really not doing forward-looking planning or projection, uh, you know, financial uh, tax projections. Um, and taxes is a long game. It's kind of what you think about what you're going to pay over a lifetime and how do you reduce that number versus here's what I pay every year. How do I knock a couple bucks off that? And so there's things that have to be done along the way to maximize that. Anyways, I wanted to kind of throw that one in there because I think it's often overlooked. Yeah, that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, that's a good one to kind of close out with. It's it's easy to kind of avoid that tough conversation and, and take that immediate benefit of, of not having to sit down and, and talk about, you know, why you might want to consider a change. But you, know, you always want to find the best fit for you. And it is OK if you ever decide you want to change who you're working with. So if you have questions for Tim, if you want to sit down with him and find out more about Dire Wealth Management, you can always do that by giving him a call at 858-459-3937 or log on direwm.com or the retirementpowerplaypodcast.com. You'll find all of our shows there. we got more to come. Next one, Tim, will be in the new year to kick off 2024. And I know you'll have some predictions for us. And I'll look ahead to the new year, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> you got it. Good talking. Happy holidays. The commentary on this podcast reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analyses of Sage Capital Advisors, LLC, DBA Dire Wealth Management employees making such comment and should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Dire Wealth Management or performance returns of any Dire Wealth Management Investments client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referred for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Dire Wealth Management provides advisory services through Sage Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Dire Wealth Management and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Dire Wealth Management unless a client service agreement is in place.